Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in honor of Eliran Moshe Galapo on his Hebrew birthday. May he have a long life. Ad me'ave esrim. Shana, 120 years full of good health, happiness, nahat, and actualized potential. Love from his wife, Devorah Galapo, and children. Asher, Avraham, and Sarah. Uh, as well, the week of Cold was sponsored by Emmanuel Zara in honor of David E. Ash for sponsoring Cold Brew regularly and for all the chesed he does in his substantial capacity to do good. <laughs> we have got to the stage where now, <laughs> where now the we're using the uh, the honors, the honors and the, the the sponsorships for beautiful and funny zingers. I love this. I love this. It's amazing. Someone asked me. If he could do, if he could do advertisements for his business, I felt like you know maybe 40 years ago when they did ads on the radio, when the guy would say you know in the like in the radio show he would be like and we're sponsored by uh, Toyota, let's get you from your place to this place, uh, safety and comfort. Okay, Baruch Hashem, we are zocher to have you. Remember that? Remember how they used to talk on the radio? You know, they had like a whole tune. Okay, so uh, we're gonna also use. Uh, just like they did, a tune and a ta'amim to the class. Baruch atah Adonai, l'nei melech ha'olam sh'akul n'yad barok. Okay. Famously, we read about Le'ah. Ve'ene Le'ah rakot. And the eyes of Le'ah were soft. And why were the eyes of Le'ah soft? What does that mean? And it says, and continues and says, Leah, her eyes were soft, and Rachel was very beautiful. So what is the Pasuk, first of all, coming to tell me? That kind of sounds like a little bit of an insensitive thing to say. Like, you know what I mean? Rachel, she, you know, she's gorgeous, but Leah, mm, yeah, she's with red eyes. And this is the Torah Kedusha. This is not some teen magazine. You know, and then they're going to ask Leah what she should learn her eye care routine from Rachel Imenu. Right? It says her eyelashes are falling out. She got extensions from uh, Sephora. What, what is what's happening over here? Why are we talking about Leah's eyes being soft, Rachel being beautiful? Now, some people think that <clears throat> Yaakov Avinu, it seems like Yaakov Avinu chose Rachel because she was beautiful. But if you think that, you're not following the Pesukim. Because actually, uh, Yaakov Avinu meets Rachel by herself. She doesn't, he doesn't meet Rachel and Leah and then choose Rachel. He meets Rachel by herself. He says, this is the girl I'm going to marry. He comes back home and now the Pasuk tells us, after he's already engaged to Rachel, it's like such a backhanded random swipe at Leah. What is the point? What is happening here? So I read something that's uh, incredibly beautiful from the Sefer Divrei uh, Yirmiyahu. The Sefer Divrei Yirmiyahu explains a beautiful chidush. He said, what does it mean that Le'ah was, uh, uh, her eyes were soft from crying? So traditionally, everyone says over the idea that's brought down in Chazal, and our rabbis tell us that Le'ah was always crying over the fact that she was going to marry Esav. Everyone would say, the older one's going to marry the older one. The younger one's going to marry the younger one. Who's the older one, Leah says? Who's the older one? 
She says, the Gemara says she would go out and ask on the, at the road crossings. Did you hear about this guy, Esav? You know, Rabinowitz and the, you know, Avinowitz on the other side, you know, living in Israel. You know, what do you, what do you hear about him? And they would say, oh, the guy is a thief, he's a robber, he's a murderer. And she would cry that she was going to fall into his, uh, into, his, uh, into his grasp. Okay? But I saw from the Divrei Yirmiyahu another idea. Le'ah, the reason why her eyes were soft, was not because she was crying for herself, but rather because Le'ah was such a sensitive soul that she would cry for everyone's problems. If someone would come to her and say, I have no food to eat, Le'ah would feel the pain so intensely that he, she would cry bitter tears for this person. She would pray for them. She would try and help them. Le'ah would go and she would cry for the yetomim, for the orphans. She would cry for the almanot, for the, uh, for the widows. You know, every community, you have people that are askanim. And usually the way it works, when people pick a charity, they pick one charity and they back that charity. That's what they do. You have a guy, his thing is mikveh. Who's the, who's the Sephardic center guy? You know who the guy is, you know? Who's the guy who raises the money, you know, for Mag and David, for Yeshiva Flatbush, for Ramah? Who's the guy? Who's the person that that's the guy in the community? That's his tzedakah. Usually people, they pick one thing, and that's what they're excited about. That's what they're passionate about. You want to know about kidneys? A.J. Gindi, renewal. You want to know about uh, Hillel Yeshiva? Sack of family. You know, you, we know the people associated with these individual tzedakot and everything they've done for those tzedakot. Unless your name is Harry Ajmi, in which case you're involved in all of them. But other than that, right? Other than that, people pick one. Le'ah, she didn't have the power, the capacity to control her empathy. Her empathy was all-encompassing. So Ene Le'ah would constantly rakot from crying. She cried for everyone. And that's why the Pasuk says over here, it's telling you that Yaakov Avinu chose Rachel. And Le'ah's eyes were soft. How come Yaakov didn't want that? The Divrei Yirmiyahu explains, he says that Yaakov Avinu had in his life so many difficulties with Esav, with running away from home. You know, the story now with Lavan, everything that went wrong, Eliphaz, takes all of his money on his way to go get married. He had one thing after the next that happened to him. And by the way, he's not yet done. The whole story of Yosef, the story with Reuven, the story with Yehuda and Tamar. One thing after the next happens to this person. Yaakov Avinu understood that he needed in a wife, Ezer Kinegdo, not someone who was sensitive, who was upset, crying, even for the best of reasons. He needed someone, Yifat Toa, Yifat Mareh, that her face was always shining. It's not referring necessarily to her physical beauty, but it's referring to the way she carried herself. He needed someone that would lift him up. That's what he needed. So he chose to have, he chose Rachel over Leah, not because one was more beautiful than the other. And again, the Torah is telling you, therefore, why Leah is crying as a shvach, as a way of telling you what's so special about Leah, that she was always uh, worried and, and caring about other people's uh, um, uh, problems and issues. It also adds another dimension. We know that Leah is called Yatsanit. She's called a woman that she would go out. 
She would always go out, she would be on the streets, walking the streets. In fact, the Torah says, Who did Dina learn going out on the streets from? Learned it from, from Leah. Sounds like Leah is going clubbing. She's going out on the streets. She's partying in the bars. What does it mean? Sadeket. What does it mean that she was going out? Leah was someone that was always taking care of everyone else's problems. She brought everyone's problems onto her shoulders and she solved it for everybody. If that's the case, we understand why the Torah mentions that she's Yatsanit, not in a negative or a derogatory way, but to share the incredible capacity that Leah had to do good each and every day. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. Could not, could not help myself. <clears throat> right? To share that beautiful, uh, that beautiful gift that Leah had that Leah had um, in, in order to be able uh, in order to be able to, uh, to communicate that. And I just want to share with you one chidush that came to my mind, Bisiata Dishmaya. Uh, the Pasuk says in Echa, in, in Echa it says, Al Ele Ani Bochia. What does that mean? For these I cry. And the Pasuk mentions all the difficulties that were happening in Jerusalem at the time. For these I would cry. And how fascinating is it that the letters of Le'ah are the same letters as the word Ele. Le'ah was someone that worried, that felt, that connected with the issues that everyone in the community had. On all of these, and I found it, I think in my mind, specifically because um, the person who says this pshat, his name is Devrei Yirmiyahu. And who's the Navi that gives us Echa? Is Yirmiyahu. So it connected in my brain. My friends, I want to add to this concept one thing. And this is something that I think is really important. We learn from this Dvar uh, Torah that the idea of being Ezer Kinegdo, a helpmate opposite someone, doesn't only mean that you have the opposite midah of the other person. So as an example, if they are tremendous people of chesed, then you could become, become the person of din or of givurah to countermand their midah. But it's also true in a person's emotional state in a relationship. So in other words, if you have a, a, a husband or a wife that's, that's not always so happy, they shouldn't go out and try and find someone else who's as low mood or as depressed as them. They should try to find someone that has the element, the midah of simcha, of joy, to bring them up. You have a person who's an anxious person by nature. They should marry someone who's a constantly positive, who has a deep level of emunah, so that the anxiety is counterbalanced within the relationship, within the home, by the other person. Yaakov in choosing Rachel actually brings this idea home that he's trying to uh, um, institute in his, own, in his own house. So as an example, you're dating, you know yourself, um, you know, what kind of things if you were to imagine uh, the person that you need to bring into your home to have a balanced, beautiful lifestyle. What if you're a person who's always happy? You're a person who's always you know, uh, 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 eternal optimist. 
You might need to marry a realist to anchor you, to ground you. And sometimes I must share with you, sometimes you find yourself in a relationship or in a business where, I'll give you an example. I was always a yes man type of a person, okay? I was a person who always said, let's go, let's do more, let's take on this, right? Anyway, the reason why I was a yes man, or maybe, perhaps, I don't know if that, I think that maybe that's a natural thing, but I was with someone who was always hitting the brakes. So it was very good that I was always pushing forward. They were always kind of hitting the brakes and making sure that everything made sense, that the budget was right. You know, that, that was a great shidduch. Because otherwise, what would I have done? I would have spent all the money of the organization in one month, <laughs> right? And then we would have had nothing left. You understand? It was, it's poor planning. You need a realist in your camp. What was interesting though was, when in my own, own organization, when I then brought on the next rabbis, Rabbi Moshe Levi, what an unbelievable person, who's also a tremendous go-getter, a tremendous yes-man, I had to shift unnaturally for me into the position of being the devil's advocate and saying, well, yes, that makes a lot of sense, but you know, if we're going to do this for them, doesn't that come at the expense of our core target market or things of that nature? So the reason why you look for someone who's naturally that way is because a lot of times when a person has to become something that they're not in a relationship, in order to be able to balance the other person, you start to resent the other person sometimes because now you have to live in an unnatural space. You need to be someone who's not who you are not. So if you're a natural optimist, you marry someone who's even bigger optimist than you, you have to become the pessimist in the relationship. You've given away your very essence, your very soul. So Yaakov Avinu was looking to find someone who wasn't also going to have a lot of other troubles bringing them into the house, but in fact the other way around <coughs> to, bring, to bring Rachel into the house. <coughs> However, the interesting thing is that in the final analysis, the exact opposite actually happened. Rachel came into the house with no tears, nary a care in the world. Leah has a, a simple, so to speak, lifestyle with Yaakov after they get married. As we mentioned the other day, she has children easily, she doesn't pass away young like Rachel does. Whereas Rachel's existence with Yaakov, she's crying all the time that she doesn't have children. And I think that perhaps maybe one of the ideas here is that we know if a person prays for his friend he needs the same thing. Gemara says he's answered first. Le'ah led a blessed life. You know why? Because she had felt and tasted the pain of every type of a person in the community. She'd had the person who had cancer. She prayed for them and cried for them. She had the person who didn't have children, she prayed and she cried for them. The person who didn't have food, the almana, the orphan. She cried for all the problems. So therefore, when it came to her life, all those things were things that she'd already onboarded, she'd already taken into her life in terms of the praying and in terms of the crying. So therefore, it was as if, she was answered already first. Whereas Rachel, who lived a very uh, beautiful lifestyle up until that point, was always, you know, but didn't have that element, was not nishmar from the same thing that happened to the other imahot. Okay, you see? 
It's not that she was being punished for having good existence. The opposite. All the imahot akarot. Le'ah was the yotzet menaklal because she prayed for everybody else. The one tzara. What was the one tzara that Le'ah that Le'ah had after she got married was that her husband loved Rachel more than her. That's what she felt. It's the one tzara that she had. My friends, and what's the reason why perhaps she had that tzara and not any other? Because there wasn't a single other example in the town of Padan Aram of a person marrying a sadiq of two people wanting that closeness, that kurva, that marital closeness with a person of a righteous nature. So she hadn't prayed for anyone else for that thing. So therefore, there was no shmirah perhaps for that thing specifically in her life. Of course, these are chidushim, uh, but I think that there's something very beautiful that we're, being, that we're being taught here. The final thing I wanted to point out on, on, this, on this limud of enele uh, arakot uh, is that oftentimes we can find something which is very sad. But if we look at it, we can actually see the beauty in that sadness. And again, I want to explain what I mean by this. You see a person who's crying all the time. It's not a beautiful thing. But if they're crying all the time for somebody else, you see the Torah presents it as, as we explained, not as a negative, but as a positive character trait, as something which is beautiful. And I thought to myself, if I saw this divrei in Miyahu, there are other words that you would use if you're trying to communicate that she was crying all the time. How would you say that someone cries all the time? What, would you, what word would you use? You'd say their eyes are? Red. red. It should have said, adumot They are red from crying. Instead it says, rakot, are soft. The softness that le'ah exhibited towards other people is the terminology that we're using. She had a soft eye, literally. You have a person who has a good eye, you have a person who has ayin ra, and you have a person who has a soft eye. They're gentle, they're caring, they look at everybody, not with a harsh perspective, get it together, but hazit. That was her nature. Many times there are things that people, other people could look at and see as a negative or as a uh, unimportant thing, but we in Judaism, who plumb the depths of every character trait, we see the beautiful side in those things. You know, you see someone who spends a lot of time, you know, making the table exactly right for guests. You could look at your wife or look at your husband and say, "Oh, you're such a perfectionist." You know, you have to, you're 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 a control freak. One way of looking at it is that they're a control freak. The other way of looking at it is look at how much effort they're putting in to make sure that things are perfect for the guest. Literally, a grandson, a granddaughter of Avraham Avinu, making sure that everything's right for their guests. A person can always look at these things and see an element of negativity or see something which is very, very beautiful. You know, you see somebody, perhaps, uh, you know, in a relationship, and in the relationship there, you know, you, we, point, we like to see, a lot of times we like to see flaws. We don't have ene le'a rakot. Our eyes are not soft. Our eyes are very harsh. We see that the person always, you know, comes late. And one way is, look, the person's late. And they're very upset about the fact that they're late. But another way of looking at a person who's late is that, as an example, 
Why are they late? One reason why a person might be late is because they have a relaxed personality. So on the one hand, you're really happy that they're not making a big deal about your socks on the floor. You're really happy about the fact that they're just willing to chill and they're not high tension and high stress before Pesach or before flying like someone else's wife. But now she's late. It's the same midah that gave her one, that gave her the other. So you could look at it and say you're late or you could say, Baruch Hashem, I have a wife. She's very relaxed. Or, you know, it's time to get out of the house. It takes an hour to get out of the house. Sometimes the reason is because, you know what? For you, you're happy to walk out the house even though your kid's not asleep. <laughs> even though the kid didn't finish his dinner, didn't do his homework. But your wife's like, I'm not ready yet. Didn't finish the homework. You know, he didn't finish his dinner. He's not in his bed. Thank God that you have a wife that's attentive to the needs of your children. Instead of thinking, I'm 20 minutes late. Think, how rich am I that I have kids that are not going to turn out to be unemployed people who can't do math. You understand? That's what we're learning also from this pasuk, So maybe the challenge for today is for everyone to look at people that they are critical of and find a positive way of explaining and expressing the element of that critical nature uh, in your wife, in your husband, in your parents, in your friends, and of course, most importantly, uh, in yourself. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Amen.